Ben, Ben, you're, uh, you're doing the beginning and the end of each one? You're doing the beginning and the end of each one? So as we've done in uh, previous years, so uh, Ben is going to be saying the beginning and the end of each kinna. We're going to have a short introduction now and then various kinnas uh, we're going to explain and try to give more of a feel. The only positive thing we're going to say, certainly in the introduction and throughout, is that you have to recognize that this is a obviously a very, very sad tkufa and a tragic day where we try to focus on what went wrong. I say sad tkufa, I'm talking about the three weeks, the nine days, Tishabov. And the Gemara Chagiga on Haman Bays tells over Amaisa, if you don't know the background of the rules and regulations of the palace, it might sound a little bit odd. The rule was that you were a guest in the house of the Caesar or his proconsul, whoever they were visiting. Chachamim had to go because there were xeras constantly they were trying to undo. And when you walked in, you couldn't make any noise and you couldn't really speak at all. If you had to discuss things, the ministers with each other, with the visitors, you had to give a simon, you had to use almost sign language, give signals, and only the caser himself was allowed to speak, and unless he asked you something, obviously you, you answer. Important to know that, because in the context of this Gemara, it's going to make sense when Rabbi Shur Bechananya walked in. Shur Bechananya was the debater of the Yidden. He was the Gadladar. He was the person who, in every Gemara, whether it be Tzedukim, whether it be the Chachmei Altuna, whoever he's debating, he's the one with all the answers to the extent that in this Gemara, after this Maisa, when he was dying, they asked him, what's going to be? How are we going to defend ourselves against our enemies? And he said, you would think he would say, don't worry, every dar is going to have its defenders, and I'm not going to be here, but you'll be taken care of. He didn't exactly say that. He said, obviously, with humility, he was a tremendous honor. He said, if I'm not here, their chachma is not going to be as good either. So, zulu mazu, Hashem's going to take care of you. Which is an interesting insight. Always one, every dar, we're concerned of what's going to be, we don't have in the previous daris. Kajabaruch always makes it Zulu Mazu that the Nisayan is there in full force, but we can handle it as a Yachid and as Klai Yisrael. So this day is not about Yish. The reason I'm starting with this Gemara, even though you think we should end toward Chatzais with this Gemara, but I'm starting with it because we discuss, we have discussed in years past, and I'm sure this Tisha above as well, and many people feel they just get so down and depressed that they really can't focus. Well, it's supposed to be a little down, and it is depressing, but if you take the entire history, you take what happened on Tisha B'Av, what happened before, what's still going on now, it's actually, as Avyakov Emden says, the most incredible edus, the most incredible nace, that Klai Yisrael is the Amenifcher, and that the fact that we're still here shows that we're not going anywhere. That's perhaps too, op- too optimistic for the beginning of Kinnis. But maybe for Armadrega, it's needed a little bit as you read tragedy after tragedy and pogrom after pogrom and Chorben after Chorben. And for our lowly state, after an hour, you could say, oh, I can't handle anymore. So the booster shot, so to speak, is the fact that he had no senes. Yaakov Emden said, out of all the rayas and all the nisim, he thinks the nace that we're still here, after what you see in Tisha B'av, he said in general, but certainly when you see the kinnis, it goes through history, he says he thinks that nace eclipses the nace of Yitzhi Yitzhitzrayim. Which is quite a statement. 
the fact that we can survive this and we're still going and we're still interested in learning about it and seeing it and understanding it was a time for Simcha and a time for Avelis and a time for introspection. And that's the background of this Gemara. So Abishur B'chananya comes in, he has to talk to the Kesar and try to be mevatel or at least blunt some of the Gezeras going on. He lives through the Churban, after the Churban. And he walks in and he sees this Apikaris, Gemara's Lashen is Ahu Apikursa, who didn't like Yidin and certainly didn't like the Chachamim. And when he saw him, he signaled and he made eye contact and then he turned his head. Lashen Gemaris and Haman Beis. Ama Dadrinu Mare Lape Mine. He turned his face and Rabbi Shemachananya understood the message. He's trying to claim the newfangled tzedukim, which later became the karayim, and then the haskala, call it what you want. It's always the same. It's people who can't handle the tragedy and leave because they don't want to be associated. Maybe they'll get out of the gezerah. It doesn't work too well, as we have noticed in the past century. But he's going to show Rabbi Yeshua, and he can't talk, but he gives him a signal, he turns his head, like Hashem turned away from Klai Yisrael. Basically, his message was, what are you doing here? You expect a favor from the Kesar. You're coming to ask for a favor. The athlete does something. You want his attention. He's, How can you expect that? Your own God turned away from you. That's a shtach, as he meant it. It's not a shtach because he's wrong, as we'll see in a moment. So, Shubha Hananya answers it without speaking, and he points to his head, points with his finger to himself. And the Gemara says he's pointing, Achvilei Yada Natuya Aleinu. His hand is still on us. Now, right away, we don't understand the answer because Yada Natuya usually means for Einish, for destruction. Well, that's exactly the point of the Apikaris. It's exactly his taina. It's after you expect favors from the authorities, your God's not taking care of you. And he says, sounds like a raya. Sounds like uh, we're not finished with the punishment. So what's the answer? So the second rule in the palace was that if you work here, or if you're giving signals and taking signals, you have to know what they mean. And if you don't, it could be a capital crime because if you're not smart enough to figure these things out, then you shouldn't be here. Maybe you shouldn't be living. And the Caesar's palace didn't take that much. So the case I happened to witness this exchange. So he turns to Rabbi Yeshua first. It could be a capital crime if the visitor doesn't know either. He says, did you understand what he was telling you? Caesar himself wasn't, probably wasn't sure. He says, did you understand that? No. Baruch Hashem, it's Rabbi Yeshua ben And he said, yeah. He was insinuating, Ama dajinu mare laape mine. We're a nation that our God turned away. And that's why I signaled him back with the hand on pointing to my head. So the Kesar now goes to this minister to ask him if he understood the answer and if Rabbi Shuvah Hananya got the original signal correct. So what did you signal in the first place? And he said, Want to know if Rabbi Shuvah Hananya got it right? He said, yeah, that's what I meant. What is he coming here for favors? His own God has turned away from him. And what was his answer? What was his signal? Layadana. I don't have a clue. That's a pretty brutally honest, especially if he knows the rules of engagement in the palace. Kesar says to him, Amar gava delayada my machvalei. If you don't know what he told you, you don't belong here, and you're going to be killed. Afkinu v'kadlu. And they took him out, and they executed him. 
So Hananiah won that battle, and the Caesar is very impressed, and hopefully he gave him something to mitigate the tsar going on in Clay Israel. So you have to stop for a moment, assuming this minister didn't become a minister because he had no brains. He had to have known the rules. And why wasn't he smart enough to figure out the answer? He signaled to Rabbi Shubh Hananiah, assuming Rabbi Hananiah would understand what he's trying to needle him with. Why didn't he understand the answer? And the second kasha is, in Tain Salimer, he wasn't sure of the answer. If he knows that you don't have the answer, you're going to be arrested and killed. Take a shot. Give some shot. He says, I don't know, I have no clue. Try something. This is bothering me, and I hold this as the push-up shot. It's foolish. You'll say, couldn't figure out the answer. It was deep. Well, what was the answer? It must be deep because we're not sure what it is either. What is Shubhachanya's answer? Yodah too normally means for punishment. So that's a raya, not a terrorist, which is why this minister really couldn't figure it out. The answer, for Shem say, is similar to the Gemara Baba Kama, where it talks about the guy dropping the kli off the roof. And the guy who smashes it with the uh, bat on the way down, there's a whole sugar there, it discusses, is it a uh, kli that's already broken from the time you throw it off, or is the guy that actually smashed it, Chayev? And the Bali Musser discuss that concept. They point out that if a person is smashing his own vase or doing whatever he is doing to his own assets, it's not always a raya that he's being mafkarit. Being mafkarit is to just throw it away. If you're patching it around, it's a raya that, whether it's an asset, giving musa to family members, whatever you're doing, whoever you're engaging with, if you're doing something that looks harsh but there's a necessity for it, that shows ownership. That doesn't show your mafkarit. Shurba Khananya said that we're getting patch and we've always gotten it and we'll get more until we have a tikkun. That's not a raya that Hashem turned his head. That's a raya that Hashem still owns us and he's still focused on us because no other nation in the world gets this all the time, every generation, and always survives. Hence the Yavitz's claim that it's a bigger nation in Sinus Israel. And Lahav Dalof of Dalos, we just spoke about him on Shabbos, was Mark Twain, who said also, the Jews are still here. Every generation. Yes, we're getting hit. We're getting hit. We're getting punished. That's a raya that he still owns us and he's watching. No. So now you know the shot. It's not so hard to figure out, maybe. So take a guess. So why didn't he even venture a guess? The answer is, it was against everything he stood for. The reason this Stuki left Klayasol, Apicarius, is a Yid who left. And usually the Yid who leaves is either because it's the Yitzhahara Taiva or it's Yitzhahara Taiva, but more likely under very pressurized circumstances. He said, you know what? If this is what the membership costs, fatal mistake. Membership is high because you're getting goods and services, and you're getting into a matzav where Klai Yisrael is taken, the Navi promises, over and over and over and over again. It looks like you're being sold. It looks like you're being killed. It looks like you're being punished. It looks like Hashem forgot about you. The first is not true. You're never going to be sold. Hashem will never forget about you. Everything in between looks like you're getting punished. That's part of what you need. And this stuki couldn't even come to figure out such a pshat because that would negate his whole mahalach hachayim. So he couldn't think of such a thing. He was probably intelligent enough to, if he wasn't a gebedover, to think out of the box, but he couldn't come to such a pshat. And therefore he was silent despite the tremendous ricks. And here we have, beginning from the first one, read the parish. always encourage that. Read slowly, think about it. Yes, it's daunting, it's a bit depressing, very sad, somber, all of the above. It's also, in a way, if you can use the word on Tisha B'Av, it's probably not appropriate for 
previous Darius, but it's, uh, according to the Yav, it's uh, exhilarating. It's not supposed to be exhilarating in the fact that you feel Geschmack, it's Tishabov. But if you look at the total picture, there's only one answer. It's not Shayach that anybody would have a mazel like this. It's not mazel, it's not bad mazel, it's not good mazel, it's not mazel per se. It's based on performance. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will keep on doing it until either we learn, we have a tikkun, or a semblance of blend of both. And the fact is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows the rest of humanity to take advantage and then they get donned on what they're doing, L'Shem Shamayim, or for their own hislavas of hatred. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always looking and always taking care that they're allowed what looks like full koiches and full ammunition to do whatever they want. And yet when they're about to look like Rahmal Islam, they're accomplishing of the final solution, HaKadosh Baruch Hu always shows he's still here. So keep that in mind in the background as we start. And Mr. Shem will uh, continue as we go along. Uh, Kina is one of the most important. It was a turning point during Bayez Rishon, still many years before the Chorban, but Yoshio Melech was the last hope in terms of a serious turnaround in the Tshuva of Klai Yisrael. He was a Melech Tzaddik who was Baal Tshuva himself, grew up surrounded by Avdi Avarazar. And he was, as an individual, a unique tzaddik, a tzaddik who was not only obviously very serious about making the changes within himself and his palace, but making it in Klayasol in terms of eradicating Avarazara. He did an excellent job. The problem was that he thought he had finished, and the Navi was Maramis to him that he wasn't. I say Remez because part of the Nisayan was he didn't say, Beferish, Your Highness, there's still a Vodazar behind the door. He told him, Don't go to battle now. And he said, Why not? Hashem promises, What's the problem? I have a Pusik that guarantees victory. And the Melech Mitzrayim wasn't coming to fight them, it's just passing through, but he can't pass through. The reason this is listed here as not only one of the kinnis, but really the story of. What happens to a tzaddik in a dar that's not zeicha? So somebody asked me on Shabbos what exactly happened with Bar Kechva. He was a tzaddik. He wasn't a tzaddik. So it's important to know Bar Kechva was obviously somebody who was holding in his ruchnius, holding in his learning, doesn't have to be the god of dar, holding in his care about Klai Yisrael and his courage and his ability to fight and willingness to fight. And he was holding enough to be a candidate to be the Melech HaMashiach. The Raya Ladav is, Rabbi Kiva held that he could be. And people don't really understand this part of the story, but it's pretty crucial. Was Rabbi Kiva wrong? Well, he could have been wrong because, as the Mara says, Meshav HaChamim Ochar Daitim Yisako by Rabbi Yechamidzakai. There's even a Shita that holds that he shouldn't have given up Yerushalayim. But Hashem caused him to make the decision because... The Chorban was all about lacking Siat Tashmaya. That's also Das Terror. It's not a tiny Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. The Shaili is one Teretz in the Gemara, Gittin, which you're all learning this afternoon. No doubt is that if he'd asked for Yishalayim, he would get nothing. He would get fury and rage. We've been here fighting for years, not giving up Yishalayim. You want to ask for a doctor? We'll get a doctor for Absodik. Yavna Chachamel, some village out there for some Chachamim, doesn't make a difference. So they thought they, they lost the war when they gave that away. But he knew that. They didn't, Baruch Hashem. But they asked for you, Shalayim. So Mandamar says, couldn't ask for it. Out of the question. The pshat behind that Mandamar is, even if he'd asked for it and he'd get a yes, if they're not doing tshuva, it's a shell, an empty shell. What good is it? It wouldn't be Kedai to ask for it. Yushalayim is on Yushalayim because of the Avaidah and the Tzadikim that are making use of it. The El Mandama says, no, he could have asked for it. Maybe he would have bought some more time. Maybe they would have done tshuva. And Meshav HaMach of Daitim so that lack of siyat Shmaya is part of the Einish. And many Chazals indicate that if the Hamanam, wherever the people, from people, are not doing what they could be doing, 
then even the people in Ohio Madrega are not going to be able to get it done for them. We don't have a religion, Baruch Hashem, because it's emis, based on throwing it on somebody else and letting them take care of all the Ruchnius. Everybody in Klai Yisrael counts and they've got to take care of their Ruchnius or else it's not going to work. And Yoshio didn't fully understand that there were still sinister people behind closed doors doing bad things. And he went ahead and the worst case scenario is what took place. If he would lose and come back home, okay, so you learned your lesson, he was killed. And he was Kemat the last hope. I say Kemat because there'll be one more king who's a tzaddik tzitkio, but it's going to be the same story. He's a tzaddik be'etzem and he can't move. He's stuck. And the Navi comes and begs him and begs him and he doesn't listen and he throws him back in the prison. And then he asks him to come, tell me one more time, this time I'm going to listen. And then he tells him, you've got to surrender this time, we're going to Bolas Hazor, you're going to be a Chorban. Golas is here, just you could survive. And that's good for Klai Yisrael and it's good for you. And at the end of the conversation, he told him, make sure nobody knows this conversation took place, and I'm sending you back. And he was captured, and he was killed. That wasn't because he wasn't a tzaddik asadaylam. It's because he didn't have the siyat shemaya, which comes from the collective action, the collective of Klai Yisrael. That's amazing, because that means that everybody counts. That should motivate us. Not dependent on one person, as great as he might be. And David Melch had the same issue, and the Beis Hamikdash wasn't even built yet, and that was the problem. We know that toward the end of his reign, David Melch tells Yoav to go count Klai Yisrael. Now you need a census once in a while; it's always a big tumult. There's one going on now. America and the heaven hates Israel. It's really a big tumult. It's an issue to count Jews. So there are various heterim or perceived heterim. We're not going to get into the sugya now. Counting Jews not only also, but it's dangerous. Why? We'll get to in a moment, but. We take it seriously that Tehram arm in America maybe it's a little easier. They're basically counting Goyim. You're not counting you, you, you. You're just filling out the number in the form. Um, anybody has a shaila about what's going on now, you'll, you'll tell you the best way to do it under separate cover. But in Israel, they're counting basically Yidin. A lot of them, Baruch Hashem, came Yerbu, and that's more of an issue. So some say they would need it. The government has to know what goods and services. You've got to know how many people. So... Perhaps uh, do it, there's never a perfect science, a mela is not really accounting. Whatever the heck there is, why is it dangerous? What's the problem? What's the, what's the whole issue? The answer is that when you count yechidim, you, 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 I'm not pointing to anybody in particular. So you're accentuating the yachid and you're now focusing on them and they're having their own look from Shemayim on what they're doing. We never want that. We have it once a year. It's called Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And that's uh, almost what we can hopefully handle. You don't want to set yourself apart. You want to be part of the Kalal. And David Amel, toward the end of his reign, tells Yayav, we're running a government, we've got to give goods and services, and uh, we need to know how many people. So he sent them out. Yayav, who had a mind of his own, who didn't listen when David Amel gave him a direct command, Except for twice. The only two times David was incorrect. Very ironic. But may Hashem Yatzadavra. So Yayev says, if you want to do that, it's not necessary. We have a lot of people. Um, take my word for it, it's a lot of people. So David Mel said, go, and we need it. And he went. And as soon as he got back, it wasn't a week later, a year later, as soon as he walked him in the numbers, the Pusik says, David Mel realized it was a terrible mistake and he felt terrible. And Hashem came via the Navi and said, they're going to be an Einish or very unusual. We're going to give you a choice of Einishim, which is very unusual. Not for now why that was. But uh, the famine and the Muhammad and the Magefa. He chose the Magefa so people shouldn't taina that he's above it. Famine, they're going to say, you have a lot of money. It's very nice you picked a famine. So he picked the Magefa. And while he's uh, choosing the Magefa, is the context of this posse. So Mechta wants to know, why did this happen? Why did the mistake happen? It's, it's a fairish din. The Ramban discusses it in Chumash. You can't count Yid. Everybody knows that. Every Tinnish Shabbat's Rabban knows it. So obviously he's a heter. He had a heter to do it for a need, a bonafide need. He didn't use Shalom. He didn't use a Tleh. It wasn't such a need. There are various discussions why it was a mistake. But what triggered the mistake? So 
the Ramban makes mention of the idea that they were violating what we focus on in Yom Kippur, and that is L'Shechna uh, Sidrashim. Basically, it wasn't built yet. It wasn't destroyed. It wasn't built. But there wasn't a push from Klai Yisrael to build it. Why? They had the Luchas, they had a Mishkan. Well, at that point, they didn't have much of a Mishkan, but that place to bring Kabbalahs, the Luchas were in somebody's house. And it was working. Life is good. Dabrach a strong king, a strong army. Economy was great. Fantastic. No. So do we blame them for not wanting to have the Beis Amitish? Not wanting a Gula Shlema? Well, we better not blame them. If we do, we have the same problem, but worse. Life is good. Uh, sometimes a little more pressured, less pressured, but uh, we're davening. Why do we, why do we need it? What's, what's missing? So for us to ask such a kasha, the purpose of the kinnis is to know that everything is missing. If you don't have the avayda, you can't be kabbanas. That's major. They didn't have that problem at the time of David Amela. So what were they missing? The answer is, without a mokum that's miyuchud in the mokum kaddush on harabayas, you don't get the same siyat tashmaya. There's a din, the Sanhedrin or Godel has to be on Lishka Sagazis. Do you know the din is? If they're not there, the other but they didn't can't don din in the fashis. They have to be bimkaimim. Why is that? Because they have to come. What's Pshad? Pshad is, it's not only Eretz Yisrael. It has to come from the Harabayas. It has to come from the Mokam Ashura Sashchina, where there's more Ashura Sashchina. And they're not going to have Siat Hashmaya in their learning and in their paskening if they're not there. So once that's out of place, the other Batadinim can't paskin din in the fashis. Which means the Makar for Atzlacha in all mitzvahs, in all of Aris Hashem, especially our learning, which is Kenegad Kulam, comes from the base of Mikdash. And nobody can make proper decisions, certainly the leaders, certainly, in this case, David Amalek, Yoshio, Tzitkio, if there is a crack in that foundation. David Amalek's case, it wasn't built yet, and that was the problem. Adesta explains that they were missing the Sheikh Nasidjushu, and the reason they were missing it, and the purpose of Davidamal making this mistake was to show them what they're missing. What does counting represent? What's the problem? You're focusing on the Ani, the Anechi, on each individual, and what he wants and what they want to do. Instead of focusing on what Klai Yisrael needs and the fact that everybody on the individual level doing fine, perhaps even in their Vedas Hashem, and everything's fine, everybody's healthy, everybody's good, and. It's going great. What's the problem? The answer is, Klaisor collectively doesn't have their Harabayas, doesn't have their Besamitish, and that's not good for anyone. But if the Yechidim think they're independent operators, it's not going to work. And the mistake caused over here, it says, Vayoses, when it introduces this parak, it never says that. Hashem enticed David to do an Avera. So what do you do with Bechira? Obviously, the, he did something wrong to trigger this, and Klaisor was missing something. He wanted the Besamitish, he asked the Navi, the Navi said no. But they weren't clamoring for it. And that itself is not only an Avera, it's a problem in Avedis Hashem if you don't realize what you're missing and you don't want more when you're satisfied. And the Midah Kenegad Midah, the Avera could have been any Avera. The Avera was counting people because the problem was the individuals are satisfied, are smug, are happy, and they're not looking at what everybody needs as a klal, as a center of Aveda. And that's why Davina Melech if it was a mistake, why did he realize it as soon as it was done? The answer is, Hashem was Mesis, quote-unquote, David to do it, to learn this lesson. So as soon as it was done, he realized there's something wrong over here. And the chisarn was the bakasha for the mikdish, the bakasha for the avodah. And Yeshio HaMelech himself was a tzaddik, but the people weren't climbing for it enough. And therefore, he didn't have siyat deshmaya not to make this mistake. And we lost him, and now that we lost the God of Israel, they didn't have the direction anymore, and it went further, further, and further. And before it was too late, they had another warning or two or three or four by the Nevi'im, and given Tzitkio, who could have done something as an uptick, and they were still stuck because of this lack of Bikush. We have to focus on and this and the... Uh, Kinnas that are coming are talking about lack of siyat shmaya and decisions that were made and things they're doing. If there's no mokom where the Hashra Sashin is coming from for the Torah and for the Chachma, it's no coincidence, the famous Misa, where Yirmiyo met the philosopher and he said, why are you crying so much? You called this. You told everybody this is going to happen. Why are you so broken up? 
And it's only stones. It's only a makam. There's other places on earth. There's other real estate. So he told him, ask me any question you have in philosophy that you haven't solved yet, and uh, let's see if we can take care of it. And he shook it out of his sleeve. He was dispel. How can you have somebody so smart? He said, my chokhmah, my siyat comes from that building that you're wondering why I'm crying over it. That building that's gone was the source of my siyat It's not the building. It's the building that people came to, had the Aveda, had the Sanhedrin, had the Limanat Torah, and had the Siat Tashmaya from, which is all gone. And part of, huge part of the Avelus is understanding first what we're missing before we can cry about it. The theme of this kinah is the contrast of what we could have had and what was given to us in terms of the Nisim and the flows who left Mitzrayim and the tools and the mun and what we didn't do with it in terms of realizing the full potential and how it was misused. One of the more jarring paragraphs is they took the mun, they fed it to the, well, they tried to feed it to the eagle during Cheta Eagle. There's one thing doing Avadazara, then there's misusing tools that you're given for your Avadis Hashem. And there's a very, very fascinating Gemara Bechiris, which Rashi brings down at the beginning of Yirmiya. beginning of Yirmiya is the, the vow which we had in the Avtera, which is Yirmiya's first uh, direct communication from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that there is going to be a Churban, and it is coming very quickly. And the first part of the Nevoa the Vua here is given an imagery and the Malach Hadei that's bringing the Nevoa of Makash Baruch you look in the Pesukim always checks did you understand fully what this represents obviously if you're not Yermia you don't have a chance and Yermia and his Anivus at the beginning of Yermia at the beginning of the Perak says I don't want the job I can't speak and this is for somebody else it's not for me and Hashem said no it's for you and you're going he didn't want the job, but he didn't think he was fit because he's in tremendous honor, which I know he has to be. And he also didn't want uh, the job of telling Klai Yisrael this is going to happen. And he wasn't afraid of anyone. He was willing to say what he was going to say. He's going to get killed almost a few times. But it's a terrible matzah to have to be the harbinger of bad news, especially if you think that there's somebody more worthy who they might listen to and he doesn't think he could do it, and he doesn't think they're going to listen. Hashem says, you're going, and this is the first nevuah because time is of the essence. V'yidvar Hashem, it's Pasuket Aleph, Elai Leymar Ma'ata Roya Yirmiyo. What do you see in your vision? V'yemar Ma'kel Shokheid Ani Roya. Shokheid, let's call it an Ammon. V'yemar Hashem Elai Tafta Liras. Says, you saw it well, you understood. So I read them first and wonder, like, what was so difficult? Shakedo is represents something that ripens very quickly. So whatever is happening, it's going to happen quickly. That's not the biggest hop in terms of understanding in Avuah. So obviously there's something, or many things, a lot deeper over here that he understood. What I'm about to tell you about the Chorban is coming very quickly. So Rashi brings down, he calls it Medrash Haggadah. It's a Gemara in Becheris. And after Rashi introduces that the Shaked is something that's Mamar Lahitzi Perach, quicker than the other trees, Medrash Haggadah, Shaked Azehu, Mishas Chanitasa, Gemara Bishula, Esr Ve'echid Yom. It's a Pella. Once you put this Rashi with the Gemara's quoting and the Medrash we're about to see, it takes 21 days for it to ripen from the Chanita till it's finished. HaGemar Bishulai. What is 21? Kemin yinyamim shebein shivasa batamas sheboi hufka ir letishabov sheboi nisar fabayas. 21 days we know as now bena mitzarim, the three weeks, from the time the city was broken into to the Chorban of the Besamitish itself. Mefarshim and the Balinister especially are full of Ramazim that attach these 21 days to another very famous 21 days. It's about to become more famous because if you don't know that they're attached, 
it's, when you're first going to hear it, it sounds like a Chiddush Nifla, but the Makaris are pretty beferish. No, what are the 21 days do we have that you could think of? What? Roshana Tashana Rabba. Exactly. The beginning of the din to the end of the din. The fact that Roshana Rabba is the end of the din is not only Marumas in the Gemara, it's not Beferish anywhere in Nigla, but it's Marumas in many places. So it's not just a day. The Gemara, if you read the Gemara in Sukkah, it sounds like they needed a day where you can do a major thing with the Arabas. You couldn't do it the first day, because that's the day. You couldn't do it the middle, because in Makamarmi, it sounds like it's okay, we have to find the day, so it's either the first or the last. That's the Gemara's way of hiding a lot of very frightening concepts. A lot of, uh, a lot of Nister in Agatitas and a lot of Nisters in what we call regular Gemaras. So, yes, that's the 21 days. What does Shavasavatamas and Tishabhav in the three weeks have to do with Yamin Arayim? A Pashupshad is, well, Yamna Ram is here to fix up the mistakes that we're reading about and learning about remembering during the three weeks. But it's more than that. There's a Yalkut Shemaini that says as follows Amrab Levi, Bechal Chaydish or Chaydish that's spring and summer. Only two seasons really in, in Halacha and Ashkafa. There's supposed to be a yantiv in every single month of the spring and summer. No, nope. starts off easy. Benisa and Asal and Pesach, Beer and Asal and Pesach cotton. That was coming even had they not asked for it, just Magalgon Susai Dezakai. Besiv and Asal Matzeres, obviously Shvus. Okay, now we're, we seem to be all out of Yom Tevim now. Siyalkut says. Betamuz Hayabadaita Kajbarhu had in plan A Litanla Moid Godal. That's not Mamoid. A huge Moid. Something very important. Vasa Egal Ubatal Tamas. And because of the ego, Khaisalmas got destroyed. Mashraban was interceding and they did Truva and it was only a small percentage of Kla Israel. Really a small percentage, one percent. But it was a big problem, and that ruined Tammuz and Av and Elul. So all the Amtevim were canceled. Uba Tishrei, this answers a lot of kashas. We'll speak about this yet uh, more being when we get to Elul and Rosh Hashanah, because we're not going to do justice to it now. But did you ever notice Tishrei is very crowded in a positive way? Like, that's a lot to put in, but as, as Yom Tovim go, that doesn't really usually work that way. We have uh, 49 days to pay for Shavuos, in Pesach and Shavuos, 30 days to Pesach Sheni. All of a sudden, Tishrei, Baruch Hashem, every time you turn around, there's another uh, davening, Shir, you've got to press your suit again. It's uh, like one after the other. So, the Yom Shemani says, well, that wasn't really plan A. But they missed Tamaz Avanel. But Tishrei, Paralem, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Ve'achag. Now we have in Tishrei Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. But we really have a fourth one, Shemini Yatzeris, which the Alka will mention now. We're not going to go into it now. Hashem should have a day also besides just paying back to Klai Yisrael and that day Shemini Yatzeris. It's really four. But the one Yantav is supposed to be Tammuz, another one Av, another one El, were canceled. And after they really did Truva, Moshe Rabbeinu came down to Luchas again and now Tishrei was ripe for everything. So now with this Yalkut, it's not just that the 21 days, interesting, because they were 21, 21, and Rashi brings down the Yermia, the 21 days were Shavuot Sabatamas, where the beginning of the disaster happened, and the final Tzara, the Chorban Abayas, and the Tikkun and the Payback, and where all those Yem Tevim were displaced, were now put in the 21 days in Tishrei. This kin is all about missed opportunities. So the bad news is, is that this was a missed opportunity. So apparently, if there's plan A and plan B, that means plan A would have been better for the Yidden. Why? In Lanesik, but Astaris, my guess, maybe it's easier, as all the other Yom Tov, to have it spaced out so we have more time for the Avedis Hashem to focus. Yeah, Yen came to Machag, and it comes to Sukkot and Yom Kippur, it's very difficult. It's, it's just, it's... It's easy in a way we're on a high, so sort of one after the other, but it's harder because you don't have Revach Ben Shneim and 
before the third and the fourth. So it was a missed opportunity. So the bad news is it was a missed opportunity, and there was such collateral damage, three Yom Tevim were canceled over the three months. The good news is that it's never too late, and you can always fix things up. And if we do enough tshuva, we'll give it back. But the second form of avoda is a little more challenging, as it is before the eagle, after the eagle. So this Hokina contrasts the gifts were given and how it was squandered. And this look of the 21 days is what is going to happen if we manage to get it back, which we will. The question is how long it takes. The sooner the better. I saw Mepharshim point out, this answers a famous kasha. They came to Aaron Akayan, the Kayan Gadol, and they said, we need somebody very chosher for the Chet Egel, which triggered this whole matzav. We're talking about the Chorban and the surrounding Yishalayim, but it was triggered by the Chet Egel. This is what had happened. And they said, uh, we need you. Well, why do you need me? Wait, this is wrong. I said, no, we need a Kayan Gadol. They were so wrapped up in what they thought they were doing right. They were obviously not being honest with themselves, but it looked good to have Aaron involved. So he tried, so now we tried to push it off, but he made an announcement. He said, okay, bring me your gold and your earrings. Bring everything here. He made a big announcement, Chag Hashem Mocher. So many people what does that mean, Chag Hashem Mocher? He was hoping, Pashashan, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to get back, and Vavayantif, the Luchas will come down. The say Chag meant in a negative way, there's going to be, uh, what we say, sarcastically, Ayantif, like when Moshe Rabbeinu gets back, there's going to be... Uh, a bloodbath, because if you do this, you're all chai misim. Farshim say, based on this yalkut, chag l'ashem mocher means don't do it. Tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. A pellet that changes everything. Tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. So what are you doing? Tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah, then Yom Kippur, then Sukkis. This month Rosh Hashanah, and then Av is Yom Kippur, and El Sukkis. What are you doing? If you never <laughs> heard this, that's like, whoa. That's, uh, but it answers a lot of kashas. And Koshbach was trying to do it each month, the Avaidah, and give us time, give us piecemeal, just like he gave us time, and he gave us more in the midbreath, surrounded by anonym, and we're going to sit and learn. As the Kinder says, we sometimes didn't understand what we were getting, and we misused it. So Iron Man, Chag Lashem Rachar, Tamar's Rosh Hashanah, it says, don't make it eagle. This is a very highly good time. After that, we got Yom Kippur with enough tshuva to do for what you had beforehand. Don't do it. They did it anyway, and the next day was not Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah was the Okolade Nitche. And this kin is recognizing that everything we had the potential to use, much of it was squandered by some of the people. But as we mentioned before, Klai Yisrael is a collective body, and we have to all make the same tikkun. Begins if you look at the lashon or churban beis amitish kiharis v'chihudosh esped b'chol shana v'shana mispeit chadosh ala kedush v'alamikdish. It's especially challenging. Esped b'chol shana v'shana mispeit chadosh, which means that just like every other area of avodas Hashem, tomorrow's learning shouldn't be today's. Tomorrow's davening shouldn't be today's. Next year's avodah should be higher than this year's. This is part of avodas Hashem. So the Kinnah introduces the fact that even though Gemara calls it Avelis Yishana, and you would think it gets less every year, the challenge in the Avaida is to understand that as the Gullus continues, we're further away, we're missing more. We mentioned before about the Kimitsiyan Teitzetera and the fact that all the Siatashmaya and all the Kedusha and all the Tera emanates in a stronger form from the base of Metish. doesn't mean we don't have it without it. But the fact is that I think the most difficult part of the Avedah for the Americans in the Matzav we're in, as opposed to our European great-grandparents who probably every other day faced a Leolene, a pogrom, a plague, a famine, a war, and despite the last few months, it's still, uh, hands down, a sweeter, more tranquil gullus than anything we've ever even remotely had. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that because 
although we daven every day, Kane Yebu should continue peacefully, Abiyah's gold tzedek, but also puts us in this trap where we don't really know how to focus on what we're missing. To give a glimpse of what they understood in the Free Degaderus in terms of understanding the need for it, so it's understandable in Europe when you're getting beaten up and there's no panos and it's constant persecution. We hope even Shalodah Shema does a want to go back to Israel and live peacefully. They had that. They had much more. They understood the Ruchniistic content that was missing. But what I find the most shocking and probably the best example of a reaction of Yidin, one we'll see in a moment, the Gadol Adar, but the other one obviously holding, but not necessarily. We call the rank and file. Where there's a tragedy, Bachman that they're hearing about firsthand. It happened just a few hours before. And it's in tragedy at a personal level. They went to fight the Plishtim. The Plishtim won. Had killed many people. And the news that's coming back is coming to the relatives of those people. So we have the personal tragedy of a lady who's about to come in Almona, or just became an Almona, and a father is going to hear about his son, Mahmoud Litzlan. Can't get worse than that. And if we take a, a moment or two to see the reaction over here, it's very telling of, well, not on this Madrega, but where the pristine Hashkafas Achayim lies and how important this is. And this is pre-Beis Amitish, but they had the Luchas. That's going to be part of the problem. The Luchas are around. The battle was lost. It was a terrible defeat, and the Shlich came back to tell Eli Akayin the bad news at the beginning of Shmuel, Barak Dalit. Eli hears a commotion already before he's told. First he came to town, and all the people in town were crying and screaming. That was the passage before. And Eli hears it, and he's getting to him. No reason he's an old, frail person who's the God of Yisrael and is in charge, but no reason to tell him first. Bad news is always something people want to delay. Ve'eli, Pasuk reminds you, Ve'eli ben Tishim b'shemayin ashana. He's 98 years old. Ve'enav kamav le'achaliris. He's old, he's frail, he's blind, 98. And uh, his sons are the ones who took the Aaron into battle. And they're the ones at the front lines. This is an art in Stam. Tisha B'Av in three weeks is all about bad news. Chazal have very definitive rules about bad news. And unless we're mandated on Tisha B'Av to talk about it, or on Shabbat B'Av is we don't. And even when we're mandated to tell, we do it in a very roundabout, indirect way. And we don't rush to do it, even though he comes into Eli, Eli asks, um, what's going on? Maya Davrabini. So he doesn't rush to tell him. He's asked, and now he has to answer. Vayan Hamavasir. So how do you say this? What's the sequence? So this Shliach, who obviously was handpicked, was very smart, and he's trying to be as gentle as possible. He's going to go from the Kal to the Chamer. None of it's good. But he's going to work his way up. So where do you start? Three things happened over here. Klaisal lost the war, his sons were killed, and the Urin was captured. So for our Madrega, we'd be very upset if the Urin was captured, but let's be honest, the the personal tragedy to that. Apparently, the Shliach knew who he was talking to and knew why Eli was the God of Ladar. And therefore, he chooses very carefully and wisely didn't say it was a total defeat yet. They started running, but we know what's coming. That triggered a massacre. So two pieces of bad news, gradual. Number three, 
And the Aaron was captured. Aaron represents the Avaida, represents Tyra, represents everything. And the Pasuk says clearly, the first three pieces of news, he took and he didn't faint. He didn't die. The Aaron being captured, he couldn't handle. Just to draw a contrast, how far we are. I think if we're honest, we would, we would no doubt be sad from people. We, it's terrible. But at the back of our mind, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't even want to say the sentence, but we, would, we might chalk it up, yeah, Hashem can protect his Aaron, which he can and he does. But that's not the reaction. But our reaction is often, well, you know, what's, what's in it for me and what's there for me and how does it affect me? Well, that's the personal tragedy, which we're not mitigating. And the Aaron, Hashem is running the world. We have Bitochen. Well, Eli had at least as much Bitochen. He was the Gadlada, the last of the Shaiftim, the Rebbe Yishmuel Anavi. And he couldn't handle this last part. It's such a powerful, I only noticed it this year, just such a powerful concept. That means we have work to do. That means it's human. We understand as humans we function and we don't handle the things that we take more personally. The question in life is, what do we take more personally? And the Avedah of the entire year, of an entire lifetime, is we've got to take our Ruchniyas more personally. That's the Avedah. Now, you think that's a Chiddush. There's a bigger Chiddush in the next few Psukim. Kalasai, his daughter-in-law, who I'm sure she's very great. You marry the son. His children were the up-and-coming. The daughter-in-law of Eli I'm sure she was very, very choshu, but still. She was the lady of the house. You wouldn't expect her to have the reaction like Eli. Kalasai, Eishas Pinchas, Hara. Lala, she was very expecting, like any day now. But it wasn't just yet. And when she heard the news, Vatishma Sashmua El Hila Kach Aaron Helokim, here the Pasik tells us Beferish what got this labor triggered that she now had a baby when she wasn't supposed to. Baby's gonna survive. But what triggered it? So the Pasik puts it in the order. El Hilakach Aaron Elokim, that was first and foremost in her mind. Umes Chamia, now she hears her father in law. Was just Nifter. The Isha. Not a Pella? The father was before her husband? This was not Kalakal This was already, no one's telling this to her, so no one's figuring out how to say it. This is already uh, the news in the ground. She's sitting in the house next door. She sees everything already. So now the Puss is just reporting what triggered this labor. Answer is she had the same Ashkafa Sachayim as Eli, the Aaron, her father in law, the Gadol Adar, and her husband, not to mitigate the fact that she's an Amana now. That's very different than the first part. The first part is the shliach is choosing how to break the news slowly, so then it's going hakal to chamer. Here, nobody broke the news. She heard everything as it was now set over, screamed over. And she's going to labor early, which is dangerous, something in those days, and she's not going to survive. Ke'es Musa, she's dying of the tzar, the anguish, and the labor she's going through. Al-Tiri, Make note, by the way, we're going to get to it later. There aren't too many cases in Tanakh where somebody was dying in labor and has enough kayach, Baruch Hashem, to know she's having a child and give a name. How many cases can you think of? Well, obviously, uh, Rachel has something to do with this. We'll get to that later. And they tell her, Al-Tiri ki ben yaladit v'la'ansav la'shasaliba. But... She was so preoccupied with the loss of the Aaron. There was no loss of Aaron. She was able to at least know what was going on and at least hear it, as we would say. Tikal Anar, so what did she name him? Ikavoid. A pick name for children. That's how do you go through life with a name like that? So I don't know if he kept it or that was, but Rachel had the same thing. Binyamin had to be sort of renamed for the same reason. But this Ikavait is not a personal tragedy. This is the one thing she's focused on, and the Pasuk says, 
He's called Ikavoid because they lost their covet, and that's the Aaron. That's the representing Klai Yisrael. That's the Beis uh, Mikdash. That's the Mishkan. And that's all she had in mind, and she died. This is his daughter in law. That means when this kinna starts, that every year you got to think of ways to try to internalize it uh, because every year it's another year where it's the same thing and you get used to the matzah and that's what the kid is trying to help us focus on. Kinnah Chavav recounts the very famous Chazal, the Yemiyo, goes to the Avasikadashim and goes to physically either goes to Masa Pela and Davin's there or Davin's in place but says here, al will so sounds literal. The question is, when did that happen if he was in Yushalayim? But it doesn't make a difference. He begged them to intercede and as the first piece says, he begged them, Ma'atem, Sheikhfus, why are you lying? Why are you not saying anything? A korban happened, your children are going to Gullus, there's more suffering coming, so it's pretty clear from the Lushan over here, whether it's a long time later, he got out of Yishalayim, he was able to go to Hebron, or he's saying it right after the korban, but he knew the Klai Yisrael faced ahead of it a tremendous amount of Tsar and Yisrael, and he's not only asking, how can you let it happen, he's asking them to intercede. Now, is a very, very powerful thing, and it lasted a very long time. We still have part of it. Gemara says, Kalus Chutzavah, shout out what that means. But it's still helping us. We tap into it every time we dive in And yet, we know that the Gemara tells us that various Midrashim that spell out this same very powerful idea, that when it comes time to triggering a Gula, and when it comes to interceding to save Klai Yisrael from getting annihilated, it's not only Schusavis, something that plays a role, but it's one of the emos that actually is the one who solidifies it, and that, as I mentioned before, is Rachel Imenu. Rachel Imenu had a very tragic life. As we just mentioned, she died very young, Loyalenu, in childbirth, and she was basically asked without being asked, which is the hardest thing in life. If a Navi or Moshe Benu comes and tells you, I have a job for you, you want to go do it, most of us would say yes. If it's an Avua, most of us would say yes, we would hope. In Golis and even pre Yisrael, where Golis were being tested, this has to upon him. Pre Klai Yisrael, Klai Yisrael is being built, they were being tested. Are they worthy to be the builders of Klai Yisrael? The Imos and the Avos became the Avos and the Imos because they weren't given clear direction. And they had to make themselves and figure it out themselves, which is a pillar that's often missed. Avram Avinu was self made, that we know. But Yitzchak Avinu, all the Mephoshim say, was self-made, even though his father was Abba Avinu, in his particular Avodah, which was uncharted territory. The same thing with Yaakov Avinu, and the Imos were mamish self-made. We, we don't know Adayim Azeh. We're going to get to it, probably in Shaftim, very soon, in, with Devera. But we don't know how in the world they even got there. Like, who was, there was nobody to learn from. How do you, how do you grow up the Imos in a house like Love and Basul? But they did it, and they did it to get into Klai Yisrael, and they worked hard. And Rachel, as we know, on the hour or eve of the chasna, figured out that my sister is really going to have bizyanis. So who told her she has to back out? Nobody told her. Nobody told her because nobody in life was always missing the neon lights with some music background. This is an Isayan. So if it doesn't, doesn't play in the background, we're not clued in. Well, she realized it's an Isayan, but what's an Isayan? We're still trying to figure out what the heta was. Yaakov Inu knew about this, and he said, he's going to double-cross me, I'm giving you some money, better make sure he doesn't get away with this. In Chesha Mishpat, what's the heter? We're not doing that now, because Chesha Mishpat, the answer is not clear. Forget the Nisayan. You could say it's not an Nisayan. This is, I'm, I'm bound by Chesha Mishpat. made a deal, a deal's a deal. It's an avla, we're not going to take part to avla's vizahu. And the rest would have been history. Well, the rest would have been history in a very different way. We wouldn't have a taina on her, because we would never know the difference. 
but she wouldn't have the schus that she puts forth in Shemayim that Hashem, you can't be jealous, Hashem is not jealous of anything, of the Avadazars, the Kale Kane, you can't be jealous because I'm a boss of Adam and I saw my sister and I had Rahmanas on her and I gave up what I thought then was everything because there was no indication whatsoever he would stay around to marry too. Matter of fact, no indication he'd stay around. He should have been so angry. So she's giving up everything for all practical purposes. 99.9% chance. She's walking away from her entire of the self-made, all gone. Not to embarrass somebody. Where does it say you have to do that? It doesn't say anywhere. Where does it say it's even mutter? It doesn't say anywhere. The Pella, the Kashas are better than the Teretz. But we do know one thing. They both got in. They both had Shvatim. We know all the Teretz. We also know that she's the only one after Avram Yitzchak after this whole kinah where Yirmiyot is begging them to do something. The only person that can get a guarantee is Rochleman. Which is mind-boggling. She didn't do it then because she thought that would be a pislin pass. She figured that out later. Bahala Davrahu. A mice like this protecting somebody's covered. Uh, with Mesiris Nefesh. I think we once told the mice years ago. It bears repeating every day, let alone once every five years if we didn't say it. But uh, they went to Abchayim with the following Shaila, which they didn't think was a Shaila either, which wasn't a Shaila. And the father was almost a tad annoyed that he's bringing his daughter to Esther Shaila. And the Misa was that the daughter was getting married soon, and they brought Hashem got a dira. Talk about Nisanis. Got to be able to find a dira, afford a dira. That's already a whole lifetime of tefillahs and set up and find a young man, and she has a wonderful husband, and everything's all set. They finally found something in B'nai Brak, and they showed it to her. It was perfect. A girl like this, by the way, I don't know who she is, doesn't say her name, but perfect might have meant that it had like a half a bedroom and a quarter of a kitchen. But for what we're going to hear, that was probably just fine. A place to live. And uh, then she said, it's really beautiful, I really appreciate it, I'm not taking it. Father said, you're not what? He says, I'm not taking it. It couldn't get out of her for the first couple of days. Why? And then she said, I know this might sound a little odd, but I have a classmate in the building, and she's not married yet, and whatever the issue was, doesn't look like she's getting married anytime soon, and I hope she does, but it's not happening in the next few months, and I'm going to go move into the building and get married and have children, and she's been watching this in the, uh, down, down the hallway. I'm not interested. Father said, that's a beautiful malshava. We're taking the apartment. It took me three years to find this apartment as it is. There aren't too many available. What are we going to do? And it's not your problem. I mean, it's good you feel bad, so you'll, you'll make sure she feels good and you'll be extra friendly. We wouldn't even think it's a shayla. So she was so insistent, the father wasn't getting anywhere. He said, okay, uh, we'll go ask Reb Chaim. He didn't think it was a shayla. A Chaim is, as you all know, used to answering... Kalas and Chamuris, all within a word or two. Every life and death, Shai Levi, Shai Levi, Israel, is nothing he doesn't answer. Been there many times. It's rare he'll even think for a few seconds. She comes up with the Shai and he thinks about it and thinks about it, and they're standing there, and he's thinking and thinking, and he said, I can't answer a Shfer Shai like this. Go ask Avaram Lee. We're not even sure why it's a Shaila, and he said he can't answer the Shaila. No. Okay. So I said, go ask Abraham Leib. So I went to ask Yibadal Mechaim Lechaim. So I went to ask Abraham Leib, and Abraham Leib was uh, thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, and he turns to the father and he said, You know, I understand your frustration. Your daughter has a point. And if she doesn't want it, look for something else. You'll have a lot of siyat tashmaya. So good. They got a bracha. They also got a psak that she's not crazy. And I think if we were there when Rachel Emena brought up the Shaila, had Rab Chaim been alive then, and she would have gone to Yaakovinu to ask the Shaila. This is where it gets very complicated, because Yaakovinu had tainas. We wouldn't have had any complaints if Yaakovina had said, no, no, I know about this, and your father can't be trusted as far as he could throw him, and that's why we have Simonim. Don't worry about it. Or she'll convince him to go ask Yitzchak Avinu. But it's still not a shayla. You don't have to do this. But 
if you want to generate schusim for yourself and for Klai Yisrael, go look for somebody. Don't announce you're there. You're searching and they're the new chesed case you're taking under your wing, obviously, but look for a matzah where you're in a machlekes, you're in a sikhsuch, you're in a taina, this and that. And you can take the high road, you can take the regular road, and you know chiv, take the high road. But if you take the high road, know that you're going to have a lot of residual dividends. And that's not so easy to do, but this kinder says, Yirmi is begging the others, and sure it helped, the it certainly helped. It's got positive effort, but Lamaisa, Rachel, man, was the one who got it through. It's a pellet to think about.